Today's scripture reading is from Ephesians, the second chapter, the 19th to the 22nd verse. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people are also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself. As the chief cornerstone in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you are to and are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by the, his spirit. This is the word of the Lord. We are continuing our systematic study in uh, the letter to the Ephesians. The last time we explored the 14th to the 18th verses where we read, For he himself is our peace, who has made two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. For he himself is our peace. An emphatic pronouncement as we shared before. He himself is our peace. Not Jesus and something else. Not, 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 well, I'll, I'll, I'll do Christ and something else. It, it's like, no, he alone is our peace. And as I shared last time, it's not, yes, just as God acts in loving ways, but God is love. He is the essence of love. And similarly, Jesus not only acts in peaceful ways, but he is peace. As I shared, it's like, I am who I am. I don't have to try and be anyone else other than me. I am me. I, I am me. I am, I am Mark David Meeks. And that's, that's who I've been since God created me. And that's when I die. That's who I am. Yeah, yeah, there may be, there be points in time where I'll, 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 I'll behave. Something. It's like, boy, that's out of character, either positively or negatively. Uh, but for the, long, for the most part, this is me. So, but he himself is our peace, and he acts in peaceful ways. Not just the bringer of peace, but the embodiment of peace. And as I shared before, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, what we call the Septuagint, uh, the, the word that's used here is the word, the Old Testament word, shalom, which denotes peace beyond just, hey, peace, brother. Peace, sister, you know, a, a salutation, a good morning. No, no, it's, 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 it's a description of the totality of what it means to be at peace. And I couldn't summarize it any better than it was what Adam and Eve had before they messed things up. That was shalom. That was peace. That's what God is, what, what the writer is sharing here, that God and his son is peace. He himself is the, the full, and you, if we were to paint a picture of what it meant to be in a peaceful situation or a setting, we could do a pretty good job of drawing that picture, you know? Boy, we, we'd have, we'd, we'd have um, uh, month and money. We wouldn't have more month than money. 
we would have a surety. We'd, uh, kids would be obeying their, their parents. Uh, you know, I'd be, getting, uh, 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 I'd be getting along well on my job. Uh, I'd have a job. I'd, I, you, know, I'd, I, you know, my car wouldn't break down. You, you can start adding up all of those things, but even when you add up all of those things, you can, you, can, you can have all of those physical things and still be lacking peace. So the things that, that this word is, is giving us, is, it's like, I can give you peace, and you don't have a chicken in the pot or a dollar in your pocket. And I know, I've, I've shared this with others, just like, hey, you know, I just, I just can't get along with being broke. See, because what, 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 what and, and no one aspires to uh, poverty. Amen. And no one, no, I mean, it's like, well, maybe you do, I don't know. But it's like, no, no one does. It's, but, 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 but what we can make the mistake of doing is putting stuff as the vehicle or the means of getting peace. And you can, ha- you can have all types of stuff, all types of goodies, uh, and not have peace. Peace. Just that, that, that again, that, the thing that, 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 that Adam and Eve had, but they messed up. Tranquility. Justice. Just, just, just peace. Just peace. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's, 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 it's fleeting, and, and God gives us those momentary glimpses. It might be for some, you're sitting in a bathtub with bubbles and candles, and, and uh, the phone's off the hook, and it's just like, boy, this is like, this is like perfect. This is, this is peace. But then the water gets cold, and the bubbles just kind of drizzle out, and then the, then the mom, then they knocks on the door, mommy, you know, and it's like broken, broken, you know, so, so it's, it's, but, but those are like little glimpses to, to let us know uh, what God has in store for us, but they, again, that, this is last week, and so the, the, the writer lets us know that the, lets us know of the significance of Christ uh, being our peace, because he says Christ brought us together through his death on the cross, the cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of hostility, See, the oneness Christ brought was between Jews and Gentiles originally. It was breaking down those barriers, those, those institutional and religious and, and real barriers. But I know he's like, well, that was great. That's good for the Jews and the Gentiles. What's it got to do with uh, 2014? Well, everything. Because similarly, what the oneness in Christ does is break down those barriers that we have established now, that, are, that exist now. You know, the, the bullying that goes on in school, the, those types of barriers, the, the barriers between Oak Park and Land Park, the barriers between rich, poor, the barriers between black, white, brown, Asian, all of those barriers in Christ are all dissolved. That's why the body of Christ is not only the best solution, truly, it's the only solution it is the only solution for all of the things that we, we, we put Band-Aids on. You know, if we, if we would just provide more meals on wheels, if we would just provide better education, if we would provide just better access to health care, yes, those are all wonderful things, but you can have all of those things and not have peace. So it's not, it's not well, do this or that. No, you do it all. But know that the true source, lasting peace, it's only in Christ. You, you, can, you can pursue any and everything. 
And as, as my father would always say as he dropped us off at, at school, study hard, remember it's you. Study hard, remember it's you. Get your education. Get your degree. Get what you need to get in order to help facilitate. As my professor would say, one of my professors, uh, seminary professors would say, give the Holy Spirit a half a chance. Give the Holy Spirit a half a chance. Do what you need to do so God can do what he will do. Yeah. The praise team, when they, when they, they rehearse. Yeah, with their spirit filled, hopefully. Uh, they're, they're, they're spirit filled, but you rehearse. So you're on point. So you sing and you hit the note. But ultimately, you're depending on God to do what he's going to do. And, and this, I'm telling you, this way, if, boy, oh boy, oh boy, if I could replay the tape, not one, two, but if I could replay the tape and just embrace that as a youngster, as a young person, then I, a lot of the choices that I, I, I made in time and opportunity that were wasted or squandered or, or you know, the, I took the 40-year journey instead of the three-day three trip, uh, boy, I wish I could do it over again. And so the wonderful, and this is all last week, and the wonderful and final conclusion is that we not only have peace for a moment, but we have peace forever. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. See, We have peaceful access to God through Jesus Christ, and it's the spirit of the living God that's in each and every one of us that sustains, guides, and keeps us. Ultimately, no matter how much studying, planning, and everything, ultimately, it's the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God that guides, leads, and keeps you. So the corollary is when we find ourselves off track, then we need to ask ourselves, self, is the Holy Spirit leading, guiding, or, or sustaining me? Or, uh, or, or as we often do sometimes, it's like, okay, God, I got this one. You know, you know, particularly when we want to, uh, uh, I don't say get even, but we want to we wanna take care of things in our own way. I know God, yeah, yeah I, know you, I, I know you, God, okay, I know, see, see, it's kind of like Jonah. See, that's why I didn't want to do what I did, because you're a, you're a loving God, and you're, 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 you're slow to anger. And, I, you know, see, if it were just me, I'd take care of things, and I'd handle it on, on, on my own terms. See, what does this mean? It means I can be holy because he's holy. I can be holy because he's holy. I could be at peace because he's peace. Often, too often, Mark tries to be holy. Mark tries to be at peace. And, but as you know me, as I've said it often enough, give me 30 seconds. Just give me 30 seconds. About the 31st or the 35th second, I'm not holy, and I'm not at peace. Because me rises up. So I need to keep asking myself, is it him that's sustaining me, guiding me, leading me, or is it just me? You know, I, I'm just doing church stuff. 
and, and, and you know, it's like I, 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 I lurch from church activity to church activity, uh, you know, trying to get the fix, if you will. But which, the, the only fix you need is the Holy Spirit leading, guiding, directing you. And I, I'm not suggesting it, but if we find ourselves in hell, he's going to be there. He's, he's going to be there. I, his, his, wherever I am, if he's in me, God's with me. So it, it's, it's not the job. It's not my neighbor. It's not my family member. It's not people I interact with. It's ultimately the ability to be at peace. The, abol- the ability to be loving and then to evidence those things, it's the Spirit of God living in me. I keep saying, you know, I, I know you folks, don't say that. Don't say it. Gail deserves better, okay? Everybody, you, you all agree, right? She, all, she deserves better. But ultimately, she would not be with me or tolerate me if it weren't for the living God in her. See, God is not asking us to grit our teeth and just like, like that cat on a, on a knotted rope, just hang in there, baby. You know, with little claws up there, you know, just hang in there, baby. And then after a while, it's like doink, 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 and all ten little, or however many little claws cats have, I guess it's ten. Uh, after a while, I can't hang in anymore. I can't do it anymore. See, it's the Spirit of God that's living in us. So we begin today. Uh, at the 19th verse, as, as, as the writer summarizes and concludes this whole idea, this whole pericope uh, on peace. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself, as the chief cornerstone. So the, as I just shared, the writer provides a conclusion and a summary. At a time when uh, the Roman citizenship was the golden ticket, you know, just like we, we, we think jobs are, the Roman citizenship was the golden ticket uh, of sorts. The writer states that we are fellow citizens. And not, not only that, not just fellow citizens, we're members of the same household. We're, in, we're, we're under one roof. Uh, in the words of the song uh, by Sister Sledge, and don't pretend like you don't know it, we are family. We are family. And with this pronouncement, the writer introduces the metaphor of a building with a foundation and a cornerstone. See, I, you know, again, I just you go, you know, since it's, it's in me, go down the civil engineering path. There's a lot of work. Before you, before you go picking draperies and, and, and colors on the wall, there's a lot of work that has to go into a building. A lot of times as believers, we'll cons- we're consumed with draperies and window treatments. I don't know. What are those? I don't know. What are those to you? The, the, the details, the gingerbread, if you will, of life. And the foundation, the things that you have to do, that you have to, you have to dig deep. To, to, to establish, have established a firm foundation that will support the walls, the roof, the windows, the plumbing, 
And you have the gingerbread of life, the goodies, the things that we like to, to, to have, all, all the, 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 the accoutrements of life. But it's in the foundation that, that determines our, our, our peace. So, so much so that he says, well, it's built on the apostles and the prophets, and the chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. So uh, for those that might be quick to want to jettison the Old Testament, it's like, well, that was the Old Testament, now it's the New, so let's, let's, let's get rid of that. It's like, no, no, the, Old Te- the New Testament builds on and continues from the Old Testament, and all the p- teachings of the prophets and the apostles, the ones that Jesus taught firsthand, it's like, I'm giving you this instruction. I'm giving you this teaching so you can share it with others. And chief among all that, the capstone to all this, the capstone to all 66 books of the Bible, the whole canon is Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone. So uh, what's the importance of uh, the chief cornerstone? Well, I'm, I'm really glad you asked. It's in him, that chief cornerstone, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I like how the message version reads of the the 22nd verse. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. So what do you have here? So instead of a church or a temple or a physical building where people would go to make atonement, to give offering, to say, I'm sorry, essentially, for the sins that they've committed and the sins that they were going to commit. Instead of going to church, guess what? You're the church. You don't go anywhere. See, similarly, as I was sharing, it's like, well, I could go here, I can do this, I can do that. It's like, you could do a lot of things, but just realize this, that wherever you go, you are. Wherever you go, you are. So all the issues of life, all the issues, the, the challenges, the ups and downs, wherever you go, you're going to be there. And it's like, you can't run from you because you is you. So it only makes sense that the Holy Spirit of God is the one that's leading, guiding. You know, if, 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 I'm, if I'm going to wherever I'm going, I sure would love for God to be there. Well, if he's in me, he's there. If I'm in a job that I really don't, it's not my number one choice of jobs. The people are cantankerous. Uh, you know, I just really would choose not to. But if I go there, God is with me, and I think he said, greater is he that's in you than in me that is in anybody else. I think he can handle that. I, I think he can handle the, the neighbor that really doesn't like me and uh, I don't care for them parking on my lawn. And, uh, you know, I, I think he can handle that. Well, how about that spouse that, that really isn't the, you know, it's like I'm kind of scratching my head. Why did I marry that person? You know, well, well the, the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you will transform you and your whole perspective. And before you know it, that person looks like, uh, I don't know, uh, Denzel Washington or, or uh, uh, I don't know, just name somebody. <laughs> this is an incredible change. This is, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is a huge change. That's why it cost Paul ultimately his life. 
Because he, what he was preaching was, was heresy. Because it's like this, this unity, this oneness, this, this, this breaking down of barriers. Why? Look, we had thousands of years of history as being something special. And now all of you are saying, everybody's in? Everybody could be in? Oh, no, 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 no. See, God gave instruction to the Jews as to where, how, and when he would meet them. See, you remember that? You, you, you remember that in the tabernacle? See, uh, well, let me share it with you. In the 25th chapter uh, of Exodus, we read, There above the cover between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the covenant law, I will meet you, I will meet you, I will meet with you, and give you all my commands for the Israelites. God gave very specific instruction. Okay, this is how the tabernacle is to be assembled. And in this special place, this holy of holies, only priests could go in there. there you're going to build this, 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 this box of sorts with cherubim, and, and there's going to be this, this, this bowl. It's going to be a, a mercy seat, and then the sacrifices will be there. And then, you know, and then when, when, when the blood is shed there, and right above the mercy seat, I'm going to meet you there. I, I'm going to meet you there. Let me ask, if God said to you, if he said to you uh, at 2 o'clock, I'd like you to meet me at uh, 144 CV Circle. I'm going to be there. Who wouldn't be there? Who, who wouldn't be there if you heard from God? And he said, meet me at 2615 East Nutricourt. I'll meet you there. Who wouldn't be there? I'll go one better. You don't have to go anywhere. He's already there. Where? where at, at 144 at 2615? No. Where are you? He's there. He's there. Right now. You, you, you see, see, before I will meet you there, now I'm already there. You don't have to go anywhere. I'm already there. So, so uh, let me just, before I get ahead of myself, now Paul reminds us to his letters to the Corinthians, don't you realize? Don't you, don't you, that you realize, don't you, that you are the temple of God and God himself is present in you? Do you do understand that, right? I mean, that's, that's basically what he's saying. He's like, you do understand that the mercy seat, if you will, resides in you. What does that mean? It means a lot. See, what they used to have to do is they would tie a rope around the ankle of the priest. They had little bells on them, too. Because if, if, if their life was not quite right, and they didn't, and the people didn't hear the bells anymore going on in there. Oh, priest Joe, he screwed up. He's dead. I know better than going in there after him. Let's just haul him out. 
That's the holy God we deal with. Nothing's changed. He's still that holy. Nothing's changed. He's still that holy. So, so what are you saying? The mercy seat where God meets us is in us. We don't go anywhere. He's here. So, okay, we're the temple of God. I'm the church. Uh, this is all good information. Uh, I have a question. I'm not always sure. Uh, I'm not quite sure, or I'm not always sure. He's there. Fair question. I get two answers for you. First, are you his? That's the number one thing. I don't mean a churchgoer. Well, you know, I was baptized as a child, and I, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. It's better than not being baptized as a child. But at some point in, in, in your life, you make more than a mental assent to, you know, what flag are you running under? What set are you with? I'm with, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Christ. I, I'm with Christ. That, that's, 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 those, are, those are my colors. That's my group. That's who I run with. I'm, I'm with Christ. I'm, I'm with him. I'm down with Christ. Okay, well, I'll give you that. Well, I've done that. I really have done that. But, but uh, I don't know. You know, that mercy seat thing and all. And, you know, uh, you know I, I'm just not feeling it. Are you grieving the Holy Spirit? Are you doing those things that causes God's Spirit to weep in your life? That you are not, you are not embracing Him you're running from him. And there's a difference, obviously. And there's a difference from, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like uh, with the World Cup going on. I'm not a soccer fan. I'm really not. But I really do like the World Cup. The, the drama, the nationality, and all of that. That's just, it's just, it's just the intrigue. But it's funny how certain teams' goals are hard to come by. And so if a team gets up and it's one to nothing and it's towards the, the middle or the latter part of the second half, they don't play to score another goal. They're playing, they're trying to not lose. So, so they're, they're kicking the ball around, and they're, they're doing all types of things, but they're not trying to score. They're, in their mind, it's like, I don't want to lose. See, well, a lot of us try and do that sometimes in our relationship with God. Well, I'm not trying to score. I'm not trying to win. I just don't want to lose. Well, with that attitude, you've, you've, you've really chosen. You've chosen. You, you're not trying to embrace him. You're trying not to, well, I don't want to offend you, but I don't want to get too close, because if I get too close, then that might mean some transformation. And with transformation, kinda, I kind of like what I got going on right now, whatever that is. And God is saying, if you come close to me, I'll come close to you, and I will turn your world upside down. But for many, that's why I said, you know, earlier it's like, you know, it, it was a, you, you would think it's a rhetorical question. It was a real question. When Jesus asked the man who was at the pool who had been there for years, hey, asked, do you want to be made whole? It's like, hello, I'm sitting here at the pool. What do you mean? Do I, want to make, I mean, he didn't say all of that, but he kind of implied that. What do you mean do I want to be made whole? I, of course I want to be made whole. Not everybody wants to be whole. Not everybody wants to be made whole. We may want wholeness on our term and our condition. But Christ is saying, no, you come to me. I will radicalize your life. 
I will turn it upside down. The things that you, you, that you like now, you'll probably not like. The things you pursue now, you probably won't pursue. The situation you find yourself in now, you probably won't, won't find yourself in that situation anymore. I, it will turn your world upside down. But if we approach him as, well, you know, I know I need to do certain things and religion kind of makes me feel good, but there's really no transformation, then uh, let's go back to my first question. Are you really his? And that's what we have to ask each one. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Uh, in Bakersfield, I've got a million stories, you guys. Uh, you'll probably hear them before I pass on. Um, we lived, uh, we lived in a nice part of town. Not, it was nice to me. Uh, folks would say it wasn't nice. It was on a certain side of the railroad tracks in Bakersfield. So much so that we live right next to the railroad tracks. And I'll remember this on the corner in Bakersfield. Uh, Diagonal was one of the last, well, one of the first churches my father built. Uh, and so going to church was real easy. You just, you know, just did a little diagonal across the street and you're at church. About two blocks away was the train tracks and stations. And they, uh, they would, uh, folks would come by uh, from time to time, folks that would ride the rails. This is, we're talking 60s now. Ride the rails, uh, looking for handouts and all. Looking for handouts. And so it would be nothing to get a knock on the door and ask for anything. Money, food, anything, anything, anything. It's funny, I'll never forget, it was a, it's kind of a worn mat, uh, a little mat. We call it a welcome mat, but not all mats say welcome. They're just there to scrape your feet so you don't dirty my floor. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's what they're there for. Ours said welcome. Never forget this. Door was open. I'm, I was six, seven, some, you know. There's this man sitting at our table. <laughs> it's like, I don't know you. <laughs> you don't know me. Uh, well, your mat said Welcome. And I came in. I, see, that's what you get for being literal. Your mat said, welcome. And I came in. So what did my mom do? Call the police. You know, I didn't have 911 back then. Uh, she prepared food. And made him welcome. And gave him something to eat. I won't even say, I'd like to say I would do that. I know where I stand right now. I wouldn't have done that. She did that. That makes quite an impression on a little boy. So my question is to you. What does your mat say? What, really, seriously, what does your mat say? Does it say, welcome? Or maybe it says, as the gentleman said to me when he was asking, and I said, not today. And he said, when is the day? If it's not today, when is the day? You tell, you tell me, when are you going to, when is this wholeness thing going to 
kick in. What does it say about us? Well, what does it say about us? What does your welcome mat say? Because your mat affects your mat, affects your mat, affects your mat. So, I, 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 let, me, let me borrow from the uh, prophetic words. Everyone can see we're together as we walk on by. And we fly just like birds of a feather. And I'm not telling no lie. All of the people around us, they say, can they really be that close? Uh, you guys can finish this. Just let me state for the record, we're giving love in a family dose. And then the refrain goes, we are family. We, and we have a whole lot more than, no, no offense, sisters, but we got a whole lot more than just sisters. We got men, and we got kids, too. The oneness that is of Christ, that will only be evidence as we embrace him, and it goes out into the community, then, then and only then will we be able to turn the whole world Community by community, block by block, house by house, upside down for him. Because again, he said, so we see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God, all of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. What's your mat say? Welcome, God. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is your place. This is your temple. Or is it like, not now, or not today, or really not ever. Sometimes we flip the mat upside down. And we are not welcome. Just scrape your feet off before you come in. Not welcome. Not welcome. Not welcome. Let's pray.